0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we'll be talking about some of the summer films we've been watching recently before breaking up the Dead Center and Blockbuster film talk with a review of the writer-director Jim Jarmusch's new film, The Dead Don't Die. After a couple of months being away from the mic, because uh, life's busy, summer's busy, festivals and traveling, and I'm so happy to welcome LaRon Chapman back to the mic, sir.
1: How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it's bright and early, and we're you know we're in good spirits and ready to talk some movies.
0: That's right. Sunday morning. Uh, yeah.
1: Father's Day. Father's Day. That's happy, right. Happy Father's happy Day f- to all the fathers. Yeah.
0: And in a weird sort of way, I feel like this is a good Father's Day movie to talk about. You know. I don't know. Maybe if your dad's into Jim Jarmusch, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Laron, uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, good to have you back, uh, behind the mic. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to kind of catch up on some of the other summer films we've seen. And, uh, before jumping into kind of a, like a pretty quick review, I don't know if there's a ton to say about Jim Jarmusch's film, the dead don't not die, but, uh, you know, I think that there's uh, there's some good jokes to to poke fun at. Um, now, if you're listening out there for the first time, I do want to remind you that you can find all of our podcasts at thecinematropolis.com, and you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thecinematropolis or on Twitter at thecinematrop. Um, yeah, I I think we'll go ahead and just jump right into what we've been watching. So, Lauren Chapman, let's do, we'll do a little back and forth. I think we both have a couple movies to talk about. We'll uh, start with you. What is a film that you've seen recently that you would like to talk about today?
1: Um, Probably the most recent one that I really enjoyed was was Rocket Man. Um, I think... It's one of those weird situations where it's like we just had came off of Bohemian Rhapsody last year, ac- actually winning Oscars. So then Rocket Man comes out and you think, OK, so is this going to be, you know, on the same level? The same I mean, it
0: made like $800 million, I think, Bohemian Rhapsody did. Mm-hmm. So you're
1: like, oh, no, here come the onslaught of music yep. biopics it, again. Exactly. So you kind of go in like, man, but I really love Elton John. And I, I mean, I you know, all these, you know, so hopefully hoping for the best, but obviously going in, you know, cautiously optimistic and. I was just really impressed with um, uh, his performance. You know, I think, I think he channeled um, him very well. The music, all the musical numbers are showstopping, you know, and it's an unorthodox biopic, you know, in the sense that it's like, um, it's actually a musical, you know, but we're dealing with some dark subject matter. So it kind of has that framework of going in, inter- like, you know, progressing with the story, but then having a moment for this musical number that's done in a, a more edgier way of course because it is i mean it is elton john's life so So
0: it's rated r too yeah for listeners out there i I did like his interview where they asked him about it and he's like i didn't live a pg-13 lifestyle man (laughs)
1: yeah also enjoyed ma um it's one of those things where i wished um it was a little more campy um than what it is
0: so yeah so ma this is the movie the kind of horror movie starring
1: octavia spencer Mm -hmm. where she gets really tight with these teenagers, right? Right. So she's, um, she's basically, it's one of those stories where a girl who's been, um, in school, you know, is kind of trying to relive, you know, um, or repurpose the horrors of her adolescence and, and try and re it into her new life. Um, and it obviously goes way too far and out of hand, but, um, she wasn't a very popular girl at school. So, um, and so this is a – It's it, it's it could have been, you know, more of a – it's good to see Octavia Spencer's Oscar winner kind of just letting loose and have it becoming unhinged and, you know, having fun with a role that's not so stoic and, you know. But I honestly just wish they'd gone a little bit further with it because um, they play it kind of safe. It's directed by Tate Taylor, who did The Help. And so there's this so, – So this is, uh, fits the M.O. So it fits the M.O., obviously. And it's weird because it's like – it's like he just wanted to make a horror movie. That's what it kind of felt like, like inter- intermittently between his uh, biopics. Um, he did a what was it? Get on, get on up with uh, Chadwick. Um, as, Chadwick Boseman as, as, yeah. as a James Brown. So this just felt like um, like he was just having a good time, you know, and just wanted to make a B a B movie, horror movie. But the problem is, he, there's this awkward sentimentality, like that's kind of there, kind of laid on way too thick like they're playing it way too straight-laced before it becomes unhinged at the end. But by the time it gets to the end it was a, it was a fun ride at least and Octavia Spencer's performance is a lot of fun.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear because I remember seeing the, the trailers for Ma and um I wasn't sure what to make of it. It looks very tonally all over the place in the trailer. So sure. uh but you think overall it's cohesive enough and it works well enough? Yeah,
1: it's fun. It's a fun B movie.
0: All right. All right. All right. So fun B movie. Uh, that's ma. Uh, I think that's gonna be that's st- still both ma and, um, rocket man are still playing in theaters currently. So you can catch those there. Uh, two, I want to talk about first and foremost, uh, listeners will know longtime listeners know I am a uh, big X-Men fan. So, uh, I did catch up with X-Men Dark Phoenix recently and, uh, you know, it's, uh, oh, firstly it doesn't have i found out doesn't have x-men in the title it's just dark phoenix hmm. which is kind of strange but anyway it's fine uh you know i the there's a narrative out there that this movie is like garbage and i i think that's right. a little unfair because it's actually a pretty competently made blockbuster it kind of lacks uh ethos uh this is a and of course this is a directed uh Written and directed by Simon Kinberg who has long worked uh, on the X-Men franchise in various capacities. He also is a producer. He's worked on Star Wars films. He's He's been all over the place working on all sorts of different features, television shows. So this is But this is his directorial debut properly. And I think there was a story from uh, I believe it was Deadliner this week that revealed that uh, Brian Singer also left the set of Apocalypse you know mm-hmm. kind of fits mm-hmm. sure. And Simon kimberg was the one who had to land that ship and unfortunately that ship was also pretty bad so yeah so this one yeah so x-men dark phoenix i i, I enjoyed it I, it's kind of cool you get to see the x there's some cool set pieces uh, spe- specifically the opening one where the uh, x-men go into space and you see everyone kind of working together in a team capacity that i thought was pretty cool uh, i think Performances are great as always. I mean, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender could do these roles in this, their sleep at this point. And even though I don't know that it adds a ton to those characters, well, Magneto specifically, I, I still think it's a it's a well done film. Uh, I did like the, Xavier. They they do a really interesting thing with um, where basically it's set in the '90s, so 30 years after X Men: First Class, and essentially he has succeeded. The mutants and human uh, mutants are and uh, humans live together generally peacefully. The X-Men are seen as superheroes. They even make nods at it. Uh, but the film kind of goes out of its way to kind of to reveal the problematic nature of a, a guy leading a school where he trains soldiers to go out and fight wars for him, and uh, <laughs> while he's sitting around with the schmoozing with the politicians and right, and uh, also kind of uh, one thing about the Phoenix cycle. that's great is it 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 kind of reveals some of the mistakes he's made along the way that he doesn't True. really fess up to. So there's actually some good stuff. I actually think there's two thirds of a good movie here. Third act is rough, but I mean, that's like a superhero one on one problem these days. Yeah. Third act is always kind of rough. So I I don't know. It's got like I, th- I think it's sitting in the mid 20s on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's as an X-Men fan. I had a good time. I thought it was worth it. It's definitely one of the weaker films, not the strongest one to go out on. And uh, I do think, you know, given that cast it could have and given the fact that this is going to be the last x-men of the fox 20th century fox x-men saga that's been going since 2000 it's a little bit of a bummer it's kind of going out on a whimper not on a triumphant note you know a days of future past or the or logan probably wouldn't would have been more appropriate uh it's fine
1: Uh, so yeah uh we'll go move on lauren you like the x-men right yeah i do definitely yeah um and so, and and I I yet to catch it, but um, I, I still am anxious to at least see how it ends, even if even if it is kind of going out on autopilot. You know, these characters are fun. I enjoy this world, so I'll I'll definitely still check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's worth wor- watching if uh, you're an X Men fan. And it's it's been a um, relatively speaking, it's been a pretty sad box office performance. It's actually the lowest opening X Men movie by a lot. So. Mm. It's a it's a shame. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait five more years until Marvel decides to reboot the characters in their own universe. So uh, I guess stay tuned. Uh, the other movie I want to mention is Brightburn. Now, Brightburn is a film that uh, is dr- uh, not directed by anybody. I knew, but it was produced by produced by James Gunn actually uh, produced by James Gunn, uh, written by his brother, Brian Gunn, and Mark Gunn, and then directed by uh, a gentleman named David Yarkevsky, Yaroveski. Directed by David Yaroveski, and essentially it's a super. It's Superman, the origin story, except for instead of you know truth, justice in the American way or whatnot, it is a. He decides to be a serial killer. Like he's a weird, creepy teenager kid who has these powers, but decides to just murder people instead. And he's like 13 in the movie. Yeah. You know, um, it's gotten kind of mixed reviews. And I think I'm right there in the middle of that. It's I like it's It's having a lot of fun playing with genre tropes, which I, I found quite enjoyable. But usually, I, I guess I've come to expect maybe it's because of Scream or any number of other or, or Cabin in the Woods or any other number of uh, or even kick ass. Like any any time you're playing with the tropes of a genre, I expect that there's a point to it. I don't know if there's a point to it other than just to have fun. I yeah. it just it's not saying anything particularly interesting other than that puberty sucks <laughs> like it. There's not really a lot going on there, so I don't know if it really <laughs> uh, you know, it's a it's a movie that I enjoyed. I kind of will probably forget about and I guess my, my whole thing is if you're going to start playing with genre tropes, maybe have a reason to do that because sure. it, it, it feels more like an exercise than a parody or a satire like it doesn't it's not really doing anything super interesting that said it is an entertaining film very well produced so uh i think my recommendation is you know catch it on netflix
1: one day <laughs> Newform, yeah catch most of these on netflix but definitely they're out there you know i mean it's something different so you know for once. so yeah yeah yeah
0: i just gotta say uh, you know before we move into our our review of uh the dead don't die Lauren, I don't know about you. This summer, I remember looking at it. I'm like, "This is going to be a really good summer," and um, it's, it's not been a bad. bad I just it's
1: just very we're just coasting. We
0: got Avengers, and that was obviously a big climactic thing. And bigger. I think overwhelm, you know, overall a start. Yeah, great start, right? I got Detective Pikachu. That's not everyone's bag, but I was very happy. Lots of people enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a fun little family film. It's it's shameless nostalgia, but at least they're clever with how they utilize it to be. I don't know, just to be interesting and cool, but I mean, it's not like <laughs> yeah. a master class or anything. It's just right. a, it's a fun little like 90 plus minute uh, escape for Pokemon fans essentially that I enjoyed. But honestly, outside of that, I've been
1: yeah, coasting is a good word for it. Coasting is a good word. I feel like we I mean, we got I know, you, I know you haven't got a chance to check it out, but Aladdin Aladdin came out. I was genuinely surprised by that one. So, I mean, I mean, there's a couple of little, you know, if I'm thinking of big, bigger, bigger bigger budget production right you know like that that one for me you know kind of what, sticks out what sticks out is at least being fun and same similar you know very nostalgic just kind of a throwback we got the lion king to look forward to so i mean there's still some potential for some things
0: toy story 4 is opening uh this next week and yeah. in the reviews for that early on have shockingly been it's a masterpiece right. and a series of masterpieces
1: yeah <laughs> like the highlights are the, the the weird thing is the big blockbuster ones have been the ones that have kind of been you know eh eh, eh this, yeah but the you know some of the highlights like Booksmart
0: oh yeah no Booksmart yes Booksmart's yeah. exceptional um midsummer we've got coming out I think yeah. that's going to be yeah. really good Jordan Peele was talking about that the other day about how it's like an iconic masterpiece I was like
1: Jordan Peele don't say those don't words say those words you're hyping it up man <laughs> right exactly uh yeah no let's I hope for a Hereditary you know let's hope for one. I,
0: just yeah if i can get another movie on par with hereditary i'm good, good. that's all if it's better amazing but i'm yeah. that's already a high bar exactly. in my mind yeah exactly. yeah yeah no i think uh yeah book Smart's probably a good one a good example and that i mean that film i love it so much it deserved a better release time i, <laughs> I think um i mean on one hand it's really great that we have a a really amazing coming of age uh film about uh girls today it in the middle of the summer as kind of a palate cleanser or kind of a break from the, the blockbusters. Yeah. But, uh, on the other hand, there's not a chance. It hadn't, it didn't have a chance to, there was no way people were, most people were going to go see
1: Avengers a third time over that or something, you know, just because of summer blockbusters. Right. And the marketing for it is, is, I mean minimal so I mean it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like if you don't know if you don't know about it you probably are going to miss it but it's, it's definitely something to check out
0: yeah Booksmart. if you haven't caught it yet catch that now it's Olivia the actress Olivia Wilde's directorial debut it's very strong I would say I'm shocked by how confident her direction is in this film she takes some style she makes some very stylish decisions that I'm like wow it takes a good you know, not only are you confident with what you're doing you're experimenting with already. I think that's pretty cool this film hasn't opened yet but a film i did catch at dead center again is uh the art of self-defense and uh, i caught that at south by southwest caught it again at dead center Uh great movie out uh, talking about small independent films uh it's, it's distributed by Bleecker street and uh it's basically it's a movie about karate <laughs> like jesse eisenberg gets the living crap beat out of him he decides he he wants to be a real man so he goes to a karate dojo to learn how to take care of himself and fight other people and be the thing he fears is kind of the goal and uh it's from uh writer director riley stearns um really top notch i don't know it's think about think about like this fight club meets wes anderson meets a touch of cronenberg i'm into it yeah yeah i think it opens uh in july july 12th on a wide distribution uh platform but if you're curious to hear about that movie i actually have a, an interview from with the writer director riley stearns up on the cinematropolis.com so if you want to hear more about that film i highly recommend you check it out we had about a 20 minute talk it's great we're kind of met on the summer but keep following the independent films but uh, for now let's just go ahead and move on into our review of the dead don't die in this peaceful town on these quiet streets something terrifying something horrifying
1: is coming excuse me we're closed get away from me what the hell was it a wild animal
0: this is really awful
1: maybe the worst thing
0: i've ever seen
1: what was it wild animals so what are you thinking I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. you You look gorgeous. Oh, my. Are you in this together?
0: Right. So that is from the trailer of The Dead Don't Die. The IMDb synopsis reads the peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves sounds like literally every zombie movie ever. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, most of the way, this film has a really stellar cast. You got Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tom Waits, uh, Chloe Savini, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover. Yeah, Reza shows up in this at one point. And then, of course, you've got God. How could I forget Selena? Gomez? Yeah, of course, you've got Selena well, Gomez. She's Tilda. Kind of easy to forget, yeah. but <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, huge all-star cast. This is a Jim Jarmusch film. You know, another one of our great auteur directors who- yeah. Um, I think most recently made Patterson and yes, then um, yeah Patterson's great uh, only lovers off to live the vampire movie starring Tom Hiddleston love that movie uh, and the trailers for this really had me amped up because zombies I'm not going to lie wrong LaRon I'm just as tired if not more tired of zombies than I am superheroes yeah. and uh, that says yeah. a lot so yeah. Uh I was like, okay, a fresh take, a zombie. That's kind of a new so we've gotten so deep in the zombie film. Well, we are now making a subgenre called zombie, zombie comedies, also known as zombies.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because you'll even see like in the rating, it like it they specify zombie blood and gore. Right. As if it couldn't just be blood and gore, but it has they have specified just so you what know. What does that mean? Uh, a zombie does it but apparently zombies are so integral now into our culture that they now need to be referenced as if yeah (laughs) as as such
0: (laughs) yes uh interesting interesting well i mean there's just so many different types of zombie gore i guess is my yeah
1: Yeah. i mean it's it's just it's the same to me as vampire gore or monster gore or you know but right you know Right, zombies are important.
0: Apparently. I, I guess they're very important. Uh, well, LeRon, so wh- what do you think? Is this, uh, does this uh, does Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die does this mix things up enough for you to say, yeah, that was a great zombie zomb- th- This movie needed to exist because zombie comedy, or was it just kind
1: of uh, all right? I'm I'm somewhere in the middle with this one. Uh, I definitely had a good time with it, um, but it, it it was definitely. Um, I felt it dissipating after I even after I watched it, just because it doesn't really go anywhere in a way, roundabout way. If we're going to be right on the nose, you know, it kind of is. You know, the movie is you know personifies a zombie in that way. It just kind of goes on a loop, you know. It um, doesn't really gets all dressed up and doesn't really know where to go, you know. And so um, they have no definitive purpose. You know, zombies normally don't. You know, they just kind of. Uh, mosey around and that's kind of what it does with the script as well it just feels like you got this really really attractive talented you know a-list cast um all of them are having fun with their performances and that's really because what works and fits and starts you know just kind of watching them play off of each other and it's kind of an excuse for all of them to get together and just do something you know um something fun and i think i think it's it's you know, enjoyable but forgettable, if you will. So,
0: yeah, no, I think I am going to echo those sentiments. Uh, you know, one thing I have long criticized Adam Sandler for doing is <laughs> is going on a fancy vacation with his best friends and then making a movie along the way to uh, to in order to get make it cheaper and on his company's dime and. Maybe to a much less grandiose extent, I feel like Jim Jarmusch is kind of doing the same thing here. He's like, hey, friends, let's get together and make a movie about uh, zombies in uh, in the Midwest. Sure. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, the actors are really the standout part. I, I love all the performances. Uh, Adam Driver. God, he is yeah. so fun. I think he's it, for me, him and Tilda Swinton own this movie. They,
1: they steal it. I wish it was their movie. I'm. I also feel like it's one of those movies where it's like, the reason why this works, and I think the reason why we we stick with it, it's not just name recognition, it's that, you know, there are some interesting ideas thrown about in this, um, where it is a zombie movie, and I will say that it doesn't really uh, embrace the full potential of any of those ideas, but, you know, things are thrown in there that are worth, like, like, you know, um, that we wanted them to explore, and so...
0: Yeah, no, there are ideas there. It's interesting you say it. they they don't fully embrace them yet. They tell you what the th- the movie is very clear about what the themes and ideas you're supposed to take away from the movie are. But you're right. Simultaneously, it doesn't really quite embrace right. those and and really work that into some sort of meaningful commentary. Right. It's like surface level commentary. Like it's good. It's like okay, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, there's and, th- there's a lot of self-knowing humor in it, which is always welcome to me it's it's nice to break away from especially like when you're already dealing with material that has been done a million times yeah so it's fun when they kind of wink at at the camera a couple times note you know they kind of address that they're in a jim jarmusch film you know it's just that those ideas again are thrown into the mix but aren't really followed through with and that's the problem is that they just kind of threw a couple of random ideas together but then they just let them sit there. They don't they don't it doesn't become a part of the narrative the way that you would anticipate right. as like is kind of the purpose with like a satire, you know, like Scream or you know, um Cabin in the Woods where you know the follow through with those ideas is what is why it's so clever instead right. of just there for variety you right
0: know? no i mean uh, i think you you raise a good point uh actually i hadn't considered it until just this moment but yeah similar criticism as i had for brightburn that i mentioned earlier uh this is uh it doesn't really commit to the meta it, cause the movie is clearly meta You've, i mean like it's in the first five minutes of the movie and at first you're like oh is this a meta joke is this where we're going and then it goes away and then it shows back up at the very end of the movie mm-hmm. and you're like oh i guess this was meta the whole time like it mm-hmm. but it doesn't go far enough with it where you feel like it's satire or saying something clever or really doing something particularly clever with it right so uh, it's just it, again it feels like we're we're just throwing it in for the sake of throwing it in it's not mm-hmm. really doing anything that clever other than right. oh look at how meta it is mm-hmm. and uh, some of the meta jokes i think work some of them i think are a little overplayed there is uh some there's a repetition is part of mm-hmm. the punchline and a lot of the jokes here and i mm-hmm. gotta say by the time you get to the third or fourth reference of one thing it becomes it yeah it, you just know this is, is, this is going to end badly
1: this <laughs> is going to. yeah yeah <It, laughs> Well and yeah and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of there's a repeated dialogue. That hey, look it's uh, it's the dead don't die by
0: Sturgill Simpson.
1: There you go. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Man, and if you like that song going in, you may not like it when you leave uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's the only song in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, there are so. two
0: modes of radio stations in this in this movie. There's the dead don't die by Sturgill Simpson, and then there's weird random NPR slash. Uh, yeah. Uh, paranoid reporter guy on the radio talking about politics right. which again like it feels like it okay they're they're trying they're commenting they're acknowledging like climate change sure um, and how
1: millennial culture millennial
0: culture uh consumerism mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of ideas here i just don't feel All like right. it goes anywhere actors show up and don't do anything meaningful but yep. they're like but they're in it enough that it's not a cameo Right. Like, you're like, okay, this is this player's entering to do, uh, obviously fulfill some sort of role in the story. Right. We don't really get to know them well enough to know if it's like, you know, they just, they're just they just there. Right. I don't know, and I don't
1: know why they're there. They're just there. They're just there. Like, characters like Selena Gomez, for example, not that she needed to. Are her, are her and Jim Jarmusch really tight? Because I have no idea why, why she's, she's in this, in this movie. movie. It, it, there's no explanation. Like, we have a whole, in, I mean, there's so many introductions. Like, for the first 40 minutes, it's like introducing, like, this this mixed you know cast of characters and then when we finally okay now we've met all of them then they literally They're arcs either you know, there's no there's no na- there's, there's no, no arcs
0: p- they don't there's no arcs they don't actually there's enhance no stakes the, really. there's no they don't well they don't have Personal character arcs—they so don't enhance the
1: plot or the commentary or any. They're just she's just there, right? She's just a drifter, just driving through, you know. So it's 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 interesting because I, I okay. The one thing I like about that though, I do like that we get kind of this weird Twin Peaks sort of setup. Like, sure. hey, look,
0: here's this really strange kind of Joe Schmo town in the Midwest that has a bunch of really quirky people in it. And you want to know, you want to know more about them. I mean, you don't really learn that much more about them, but they're fun to be around, right? Like, I think that's the thing I like the most about the film is how quirky everyone is and how hard all the actors are playing into that. I think it makes for uh, some good comedy, but at the end of it, you're like, what was the point of it all? It's not really clear, yeah. and because of that, I just
1: walk away feeling like, eh, and I've already mostly forgotten about the movie. Right. And I think what you mentioned, too, about, like and like I said, this could literally just be for fun, you know, as Mickey Reese <laughs> said at his uh, uh, panel uh, or his Q&A, sometimes just make a movie for fun, and this may be, this might just be, you know, something he did middle tier of his career to just kind of, you know. Um, and then Get with, to hang out with bill Murray right it's like you know and and i mean it, we can't blame them like i said and for the most part like i said there's laughs to be had there's jokes to be had there's fun here but i think um it's weird coming because i don't know if I don't, and i'll ask you like i mean it tonally does it feel different from other some of his other films because i feel like like only lovers left to live obviously is an art house film right but but you know what i'm saying like there's a there's a commanding vision oh he, he, his voice is very distinct yeah um, so here it, it just kind of feels like an odd i don't know like some of the humor is dopier than even expected yeah you know? like then because i mean i don't know like if you had told me the like, hipster
0: jokes for example i was like where did that come from
1: <laughs> right 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 it's just i don't know like i guess what i'm saying is that his his writing and his insights and his ideas are normally much sharper than this. Yeah, and and that's like like I said again. This is this is supposed to be a B zombie movie, so I'm not like I'm not going in like thinking it's going to blow me away. But um, but even for him, it feels a little bit maybe maybe there was uh, uh this was the first draft of the script or the second draft, you know? right? Right, and he's like, let's just bang it out and do it, you know. So and I mean that that could very well be exactly what happened um we got all these people together it's like let's make a movie Let's have fun and what happens you know what ensues is something is a mixed bag it's a mixed yeah. bag yeah it's a mixed bag
0: yeah and, and you know <laughs> i think um after reviewing movies for so many years you come to realize the hardest movies to review are the ones you feel kind of middle of the road about like this one like the really bad movies you can be angry about or at least be frustrated enough to have things to talk about why it's a disaster and the great movies of course you want to talk about those it's movies like this that I'm like okay it was just it was an experience I watched it I had fun I feel like it could have been a lot better the commentary they should have committed more to the commentary or to the metatone. there were so many things they I think it just needed to go an entirely step an entire step
1: further in a, a direction i don't even know care what direction that's what it is it's directionless It just kind of goes and it goes in circles it's like a loop like like the jokes everything just kind of keeps is very circular and at some point and and at some point it ends And you're like okay well
0: oh my god like for example i forgot i just i just remembered there was an entire subplot with kids there's like three kids that you see in this like juvie and it literally i mean literally and i use that in the proper way it goes nowhere. Like, like the, 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 they just it just ends in the yeah. movie, and you're like, wait, what was that? Yeah. Why was that? We spent
1: way too much time with them for it to end that way. Yeah, and so there, yeah, and it makes me wonder too. Like, I mean, like you said, this might be maybe like the first or second draft of this script, and it could have been easily that. Like he set up these things and then just you know went with the script they had versus you know going through and following through with some of these arcs. It's
0: like he just stopped writing it. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Because you're like, okay, they're gonna go do something. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, all right, wait, I
1: know what we're going to do next. And then they go. And then they're just – Because we spend a on. concentrated amount of time yeah. cutting back to their reactions. They're like the they're – like the,
0: I'd say what, the C-plot probably? I mean, yeah, they're, they're one of the – For sure. Uh, they're not A-plot or B-plot, but they're C-plot. They're, they're, yeah.
1: they're there. They're they're definitely there. We keep cutting to them over the course of an hour, you know, just like seeing their, their responses to the imminent threat coming and everything. So it just feels like by the time they are released and then they escape the place and then they – they, where do they go no one goes anywhere so mm. it's interesting i know that's kind of a spoiler
0: but just trust well, us it doesn't really it's not going to uh, spoil uh, the movie yeah, for you yeah <laughs> don't don't worry um <laughs> i don't really know if we need to get into spoilers Leron, unless you want to talk about uh, specific jokes or subplots um because i don't know i just feel like
1: it's 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 weird for me because i'm thinking of movies like uh broken flowers uh coffee and cigarettes oh yeah uh, like you know, we mentioned only lovers left alive. Obviously, that his most you know, stranger than paradise is like his you know, his raging bull. You know, like oh yeah, all these films like in the canon of it of his career. You know what I mean? Like um, had something unique, impactful, different, forwarding the cinema language. That's why I really just feel like this was something that was kind of just steamrolled out. Yeah, just and just for fun because he is the brilliant. You know. Uh, you know, filmmaker that he is it still wound up being watchable in yeah. you know, serviceable if yeah. not great yeah it's it, no
0: it's it's entirely watchable which uh yeah let's go ahead and go into the recommendations on that note so uh you know for listeners uh if you're tuning in for the first time well, we do not do number ratings but we do kind of like a recommendations a day recommendation system. So, uh, top tier highest recommendation is you're going to buy it on Blu-ray, see it VIP, do the whole shebang. So see it in theaters and purchase it when it comes out. Uh, the next one's full price. That's where you go at a prime time, uh, showing maybe even a VIP showing where you pay the extra dollars to get the nice seats. Um, you have matinee, which is self-explanatory, the option of streaming it when it hits a streaming service, Amazon, Netflix or whatnot, or is this total, uh, trash. So, Leron Chapman, how would you
1: recommend this film for listeners? I would say this is a fun matinee film. Um, uh, You know, if you catch it at home, even, it's going to be, you know, I feel like it'll play very fine there, you know. But, like, if it's something you have nothing else to do and, you know, you're in the mood for some zombie gore and, you know, some some meta jokes, then I think that, you know, you'll have a good time with this, you know, matinee. Not full price, but... You know, um, it's a good movie to take your dad to. So
0: great Father's Day!
1: I know <laughs> listeners are listening to this after
0: Father's Day, but you know what? There's if you a lot just, of dad jokes. If you there's there's so many dad jokes. I mean, my dad's not in zombie movies, but if my dad wasn't in zombie movies in any capacity, I feel like I could take him to this. Yeah, and he
1: would get some good laughs. Mom will hate it, so don't take mom.
0: Oh no, no, don't take mom. <laughs> Definitely not mom. uh I will say, oh boy, this is barely a matinee. Barely, like I. I It's really weird because I felt like I was initially I thought I was warmer on it than you, but like it's like the same what you said that the longer I've thought about it, the less I have an opinion about it and it's like so I'm so just indifferent to the movie. Yeah, I would say stream it, but I mean, it's a Jim Jarmusch film. The cast is great. The cast makes the movie. The cast and the Kilders characters alone. Oh, my
1: God. I don't even know. Okay. No, we
0: have to talk about spoilers because we, we have to talk about that. We that's do. what. Okay.
1: We do. All right. That's fun. Okay. That's a fun sub.
0: There, yes. There, <laughs> the third act has a lot of WTF moments in it. Yeah. So we'll just talk about those. But I would say if you're a diehard Jim Jarmusch fan, you go to a matinee.
1: You go to a matinee. Yeah. Sure. I think fair. if
0: you're not or you're just just. Netflix, Netflix, Amazon, whatever it is, just wait. I don't. Yeah, I hate to say that, but also, you know, I don't. I just don't. I am so indifferent. We're
1: putting as much effort into recommending this as he probably did into writing and it. So we yes. can't really feel too bad. No, you know, like we we like Jim Jarmusch. This is not. This is not his best film, but it's something fun if you're a fan of his work. Yeah, correct. It has this the essence of who he is is infused in it. Um, even if it's not his sharpest, you know, time behind the camera. So correct. Correct. So
0: Jarmusch fans, check it out. I get maybe if you're a real diehard zombie movie fan, zomedy fan, I saw, yeah, you know, I saw another one at South by Southwest, uh, called, Oh crap.
1: What's Is it with it? Lupita? Yeah. That mm. one
0: was a monster. What was it called? Oh,
1: shit. Little monsters. That's it. Little monsters. Yeah. Man, I need to see that. You told me that was really good. Yeah. I
0: don't think it's out yet. So I did catch another zombie at South by Southwest earlier this year called Little Monsters uh, starring uh, Lupita Nguyen and Josh Gad. I like that movie a lot more. That movie might not be (laughs) in some ways. It's a less like the, let me think about this. That movie is so much sillier than this movie and it feels more juvenile. And generally, if you would have said, jim jarmusch or that i would have said jim jarmusch but at least that movie little monsters really commits to what it's doing sure and i and it's really enjoyable this movie is just it doesn't yeah, it's kind of middle of the road so you know if you're gonna pick one zombie to see i would hold out for that one for I, sure. I suppose for sure all right Laurent. so i take it back we do should we should talk about spoilers with this one it'll be a brief talk but i do think we ha- we there's an elephant a couple of elephants in the room that we need to talk about so right. if you are just dying to avoid spoilers from mm. The Dead Don't Die. Go ahead and tune out now. Ghouls, ghouls, ghouls. Okay. So, <laughs> what was the point of Tilda Swinton? <laughs> t- this is evidence of him just getting people in the movie just, for the sake of it.
1: Just what? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, do you want to come and be an alien in a movie? You, you
0: want to be an alien? I mean, just the, I love the way she walks. But yeah. I, you know, at first I'm like, okay, she's weird, but, she's weird. but everyone in Awkward. this town's kind of weird. weird. So, so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a small town, everyone's a little quirky um everything she does is with precision it's very robotic she's kind of emotionless but she she, she also
0: she so uh she i love how she's the corner and is <laughs> putting makeup
1: on the body like making the like drag makeup yes it's ridiculous <laughs> it was like i remember i remember watching and literally saying well that was a choice yes you know? yeah. <laughs> just
0: that was funnier than the joke itself by yes. the way <laughs> right
1: <laughs> and i just think um I could watch her do that character, you know, for a whole movie. And so um, at least he realized um, the potential, you know, in his cast, at least to help elevate his middle of the road script to something serviceable and watchable, you know, so they have fun with it. They know they do the best they can with the material they have with this one. And I think that she is definitely far and beyond the most interesting character, even if even if her storyline isn't doesn't completely make sense,
0: no, 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 she's 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 UFO. Which, by the way, and again, I know this is not the point of the movie. And I'm not poking plot holes, but the UFO totally gave those guys an out, a distraction to get away, and they just hung out there. They hung out there, <laughs> just chill. Yeah,
1: it's just it, it, yeah, but
0: it wasn't in the script.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it wasn't in the script. It wasn't, it wasn't in the exactly script. Different. That's right. As the as the actors tell the audience in the movie. <laughs> so
0: i it was so bizarre. I mean, I thought it was funny. I, lo- I love I love the okay it was really the, the initial joke up front. I was like, Oh, are we in one of these types of movies? And then it right. doesn't do anything You're like, Oh no, no, we're, and that also, was really weird. And then at the end, they, they're in the car on their d- at death's door and Adam driver says, all right, I, how do you know it's not going well? Yeah. Uh, you really want to know? Yeah. I read the script. It's <laughs> the whole, script. Did, the you, whole did, script. did you not get the whole script?
1: Yeah. yeah, I think, and I think you can tell it's almost like he, again, if I'm, if I'm really imagining, I I'm want I'm just going to believe that this was like the first draft of the script that he never got a chance to revisit and kind of really like flesh out character arcs, flesh out plot points. It's like he just kind of – he had these things he wanted to do. He wanted the actors to kind of play along with the idea that, you know, they're already in – they're in a Jim Jarmusch movie, kind of wink-wink at it and kind of, you know, satirize his own work. right? And the, But he only references that like on two occasions. Yeah, it, wait, it's and a bookend. Pre- and it's they're a- pretty spaced out, like pretty early on. Like, oh, okay, we're going right into the – we're in this, we're in a movie within a movie phase. But then we don't even revisit that until literally the, the third act. And so it's like he should have either removed that element to it or. The whole had, movie should have leaned into several it. Several characters should have done it. Yeah. Like even Tilda could have done it. It would have been funny. You know, like. It would have so,
0: made sense for her character to do it too. Right. She's an, uh, an extraterrestrial. Like it could be a fourth dimensional being. Why Why wouldn't she it just, reference it? It
1: just, it like again, it just seems like he needed to commit to something and he'd commit it to nothing. Right. And so in the end, you have all these kind of interesting threads that really, you know... They don't go anywhere. They don't get sewn together. There's nothing... At
0: least Tom Waits, at least his... (laughs) Man man in the Woods, he's also great. He's also amazing. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All the actors are great. At least his... We get a couple of different punchlines out of it. Sure. It's like, oh, he's the guy who you think it's funny. He's the guy you're like, okay, he's gonna come in and save the day at some point. He's gonna yeah. have a his conscience is gonna turn. No, he's the guy who eats chicken while he's watching people get eaten alive. Exactly. That's it, it. It was it, great. It, it was, was great. Just, at least that's a punchline.
1: Man right? in the woods, yeah. not just in Timberlake, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh
0: so I thought that I mean, like he was great. It was mostly like the kids. It's like why were I don't know why they were in this movie at yeah. all. Um yeah. I mean, heck, even uh, Steve Buscemi like, was supposed to be a riff on like a Donald Trump supporter, I Which, guess.
1: That doesn't really go anywhere either. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have commentary on Trump era. Just, uh, just, even if it's just like this, uh, I mean, you know. It's all surface level because there's the whole scene yeah. in the diner
0: when you meet him and he's got the hat on You're and he's like, sitting oh, next to the Glover. Yeah. How do you like your coffee? Black. You know, like. like yeah, it's you know, prominently there, but then
1: you don't do anything with that character. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, you know, he has one racist joke there that doesn't you know it doesn't land that that hard and then
0: yeah yeah because again again doesn't really pull uh, commit to like political the satire or Mm -hmm. the or digging into some of those ideas that it introduces as well so yeah just again you're right for a jim john film it just feels so surface level yeah and kind of hollow even though uh, but enjoyable all all the actors turning great performances uh so i think our biggest critique is just dude Pick a lane yeah. and, and go yeah. f- go for it. Just because we know, here's the thing, we know Jim Jarmusch can do good in whatever lane he decides to get sure. in. So sure. just get in the lane and, and go for it. And do it. I agree. I agree. Well. The Dead Don't Die, the, but this review does. Yeah, this is, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, The Dead Don't Die by uh, Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> wait who's <the> by <laughs> god if you don't know man or even the uh, even adam driver picking up the cd that they later just toss out of the car i don't understand uh, it seems <laughs> like okay it seemed like the whole reason okay there was a moment where the okay the whole reason selena gomez was in this movie was to get this cd to adam driver for some reason yeah that because that- at that point she she had died but adam driver picks up the cd yeah and
1: then bill murray just tosses it out of the car toss it out of the car just like the rest of the ideas in the script, just yeah, just thrown in. into the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody.
0: Well, uh, Lauren, unless there's anything you want to add, I think that'll do it for our review of the dead don't die. I think we're good. We're good. I think we're good. Well, wish I would have said earlier, but I knew this wasn't going. I knew this was going to end poorly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Laron So, if our listeners want to keep up with you and all the cool work you're doing, including you're working on your new film, where can they find you at online? Until next time,
1: the best place to get a hold of me is on Instagram at FreakyAFFilm. Um, is the handle. So catch me on there. You can catch all my updates on my latest pro film projects related to that film and all all the ones above and beyond. So.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and you can always find me tweeting on Twitter about films, TV, video games, all that stuff uh, at C Masters talk. That's letter C masters talk. You can also follow the cinematropolis on Twitter at the cinematrop or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the cinematropolis. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time.